Welcome to Bring Our Reviews Podcast, where if you want, we review it. I'm your host, DC, and I'm joined today by Moss. How's it going, everyone? Instead of going over the regular events um, that happened this week, we're actually going to review Age of Ultron Avengers. Um, this is the sixth episode, and it's called Reviewers Assemble. So, um, I'm going over um, likes, dislikes, and then we get scored out of 10. Um, Moss, I'm going to let you go first with the likes. What do you like about Avengers? Well, first off, you, you can really tell how well they all get along out in and they work as a team inside and outside of the movie screen. It really sh- really reflected on screen. Their chemistry is always on point. How how Tony Stark was engaged with Bruce developing the AI for Ultron and how how they all just played so well off of each other. And they they, they really they really did really well with that. And they really were embodying their characters. I thought that was awesome. Uh, James Spader as Ultron. It was absolutely amazing. He did a fantastic job. Marvel's really outdone itself by presenting fantastic people to play their villains. Between Loki, Kingpin, now Ultron, I'm really excited to see how they're going to do Thanos. Even earlier when they, in the original Spider-Man series, when they, when, uh, they, they the Green Goblin was around. He that was an amazing villain that they had set up. So I'm really impressed with how Marvel villains have been portrayed on the big screen. And I think James Spader stepped it up a notch, and it was awesome. Uh, it was so much to take in. I the action was hold on to your seats. I saw it in IMAX 3D. I don't. I don't know about you, D. Did you see it in 3D? Yeah, I saw an IMAX 3D. Um, I really enjoyed it. Really, really did. Yeah, that they that was that was a summer blockbuster film to the max. That was an action movie through and through. So they, for me, that was that was a big thing. Uh, what about you, D? Right, um, I have six points here. <laughs> I actually wrote them all down. I feel kind of proud about myself. Um, first and <laughs> foremost, I say um James Spader. His voice is awesome. Um, he did great motion capture also for um, Ultron. His voice really embodied and portrayed Ultron to the T. I, if I could ever see Ultron again on the screen, it is definitely going to be James Spader. No doubt about it. Um, his voice is just so commanding. It just it made you made you love the character. It really did. Um, let's see what else we have here. Yeah, um, yeah you threw, you really felt for him. He was he was so involved, and you saw how he struggled with his rage and his desire to be human but he couldn't and also his superiority it was and james spader did it so amazingly well yeah he really really did which um leads me into the hawkeye another character um he played a very pivotal role in this movie i wasn't expecting to be the the front runner but um it definitely held up pretty well um Especially since the last movie, he's a, a mind drone. So it's kind of cool to actually see him actually do a couple of things in there. I'm actually going to spoil it for you guys. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert right now. Um, basically what happens is there's a couple of scenes where um, Bla- oh, not Black Widow, Scarlet Witch comes up behind him. It's like, oh, I'm about to hit my little magic on you. He's like, not today. Ah, stop right there. It, it's pretty cool. I re- that. You, you say it <laughs> right in the forehead. Yeah, it, it, it was yeah. it was very awesome just seeing him do everything humanly possible and still contribute such a 
big amount to the whole group and be able to um, even help out the Avengers hide from Ultron whenever Ultron comes in there and pimps all of them real, really quick. So it's pretty cool to see that. Well, I think more importantly than just pimp them, like what, uh, what Hawkeye was able to do was bring them something to work towards because they were all so heavily immersed into their persons in terms of how big Tony was involved in being Iron Man and Cap being Captain America, how they were also involved in the roles that they had to play as these giant larger than life people that Clint and his family showed him, showed them all that there's more to life and also, you know, gave them more meaning and gave them something to push for. And that little taste of normalcy meant so much to all of them. And I was just, I, I liked how Captain America was really hurt that he didn't know about Clint having a family. I thought it was great. He said, oh, apparently people on my team have families and I don't even know about it. Mm, what's next? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny like, it to good. see him that. Um, which um, brings me to two other characters, um, Rhodey and Sam. Um, they both worked out very, very well. Seeing them on the screen definitely picked up the movie just a little bit just to see, okay, there's more than this these Avengers. There's the new school Avengers coming out there. And there's both missing from the first one. Actually, now, Rhodey is missing from the first one. Sam, he could have showed up, but um, he wasn't... I don't think he was introduced yet, but it was no, awesome No, no, he see. wasn't. He came out in the Captain, Captain America 2 Winter Soldier. Awesome. So he, that was post-Avengers post, uh, 1. Yeah, so it's was, it was great to see Rhodey actually pop up there and do something. Plus, he actually has a couple of jokes and one-liners here and there. I especially like the the um, joke he kept on giving during the whole night, and no one understood except for people that's not an Avenger. <laughs> yeah, because sense. yeah, because the one-upsmanship of them, like, oh, that was the whole story? Oh, that's great. And then later on, how important it is, how he thinks he's gonna about to do something awesome. And there goes Vision. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, oh, man. That it was, is crazy. That's that was absolutely great. Let's see that happen. Um, let's see. I have two more points. Um, one point is definitely something that already, everyone already knows. Um, the action in this movie is top-notch. There's a lot of action. And um, it was handled pretty well. Um, heads off to Joss Whedon for actually bringing everything together and making it, making it hold up well. So that's one great, great thing about it. And my last good... Uh, no, actually, no. I got two more points. Um, one point is the Veronica suit versus the Hulk. This fight was amazing. If you saw the trailer for it, it definitely was at least two to three times bigger than the actual trailer itself. It was just yeah. back and forth action. Um, Tony took it to to a banner, and they took it back to each other. It, it was a crazy, crazy fight, and just seeing it alone was just miraculous. It really was awesome. It was, it was handled pretty well. I- you know what really brought that fight to life was the dialogue, the witty dialogue that just kept coming from Tony as this whole thing's happening. Like when he's falling, he's like, "How fast can we buy this building?" Oh, geez! And then when he's jackhammering Hulk in the face, and he's like, "Why won't you just stay down?" And just everything about it—it's—it's a—it's—it's it's a big credit to Robert Downey Jr.'s personality flooding into that and just making that scene come alive because it gave it that comedic yet witty and amazing timing and it just flowed so well and it it, it really brought the whole scene to life yeah it really it, it really did it really did it was it was well done i 
I just, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know anyone else that could really make that Iron Man character come to life like that. Because Hulk just grunts. He doesn't say anything. He just hits things and grunts. So it really is up to someone that can hold that one-sided conversation. And interestingly enough, Hulk has always had those battles with people like Wolverine, who always has something snarky to say. Uh, Spider-Man, who has something funny to say all the time. And Iron Man, who's equally as clever and witty and just, you know, make makes everything come alive. So that was that was an awesome scene. It was very, very amazing. Which leads me to the last good point for this movie. Um there's more good points, but this is the one that actually stuck out to me the most. Um the Bruce Banner and Black Widow um relationship. That really stuck out to me. Um it was interesting to see them both interact with each other and to see Black Widow put her guard down really the the Bruce Banner it was something that you never see in any other movie before and it got to her, her backstory and kind of melded in well with the whole whole, whole um the relationship thing it's pretty nice well, well can you really blame Bruce for being guarded around her considering how often how involved she, and how much it is part of her to lie and manipulate to do what she needs to do yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be hard for him to actually figure out what's what. But at the same time, you could tell because, of course, Cap was like, yeah, she's not like this. And typically, it's like, she's actually trying with you, dude. Like, you should take your, your foot off your butt and really talk to her. Yeah, figure it out. Chalk it, up as a, chalk it up as a W. I thought I, I agreed with that part of it. And, of course, for the story, if you guys don't really know how that that doesn't really happen in the regular Marvel Universe before the movie that it was amazing because it was someone that was already an established character and in this had an established relationship of trust and distrust with the Hulk and someone that he couldn't help but feel compelled and attracted to, but knew the danger of getting too close. If and when he should have, that's a mystery, but they did a really great job portraying that and portraying that battle that he had with it and she was laying it on heavy scarlett johansson was really laying it on heavy on him and uh it showed because at the key moments bruce didn't know how to react when she turned on the charm he was just always at a loss for words but what else do you expect from scarlett johansson and yeah she's a great actress she's able to um Switched very very quickly and very well, which is a good a good testament to her skills. Oh, one thing that I will say, one more thing that I'll add in terms of the lights, we can't forget all the drop the the hidden drops that they had throughout the film. The you got you 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 can't forget how they just lightly mentioned Wakanda. I mean, personally, I would have liked it if, at the very least, you know, like uh, Tatala, who's Black Panther, guys, he's the king of Wakanda, if he would have released some type of statement regarding what happened on the African coast, and if you would have at least heard his name mentioned, and state they stated, like, offhand in some third-party realm, um, the, the, the introduction of Wakanda in itself, I think it's going to be amazing. They've, they've given the chance to really show something that Marvel's been doing for a very long time, which is show the strength in a lot of minority characters. And this this one big thing that happened in this movie was Rhodey was brought in, Sam Falcon was brought in. So War Machine, who backs who? Tony Stark. And Falcon, who becomes 
Captain America's best friend is another person that backs them, and then they all rely on who? Nick Fury. So it, it's a showing of strength and solidarity within, like, you know, how minorities can be such central characters, too. And it doesn't get much bigger than Chitala because he's like, he's like uh, a black Batman <laughs> in so many ways. He's a black Batman. Kind of. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, oh, I, I guess you could kind of. Yeah, I, could. I guess you could. Yeah. And he has an excuse. As he creates all his own tech. I don't know what Batman does, but I want to live in Wakanda. And <laughs> the, the fact that Wakanda is not only the richest nation in the planet, but it's also the most technologically advanced and it's an African nation. That's something that, that Marvel's tried to show for long times. Big ups to black power. And I think that that film is going to be awesome. So just that's one of the few tastes that I really like because, you know, Marvel's always been about everyone can see themselves as someone in, throughout all of our characters and, and introducing so many new elements. It just, it just reminds you of how deep Marvel has in terms of a well of imagination and characters and things that they can pull out to make these movies fantastic. So that's, that's why I really liked the whole mentioning of Wakanda. Okay, yeah. Um, well, every movie doesn't have doesn't. Well, every movie has their bad parts. So, um, I'll start off with a couple bad stuff for it. Um, or not bad stuff. Things I disliked about this movie. Um, first and foremost, um, man, it's hard to say this. Ultron, um, was too <laughs> easily defeated. Um, I didn't like that at all. Um, he he spent so long in the movie saying I'm the baddest dude here, and he really did prove it until the last couple of minutes maybe that's 15 minutes where he just got really destroyed by vision very very easy and very very quickly um until they okay. actually went to the end all right I, I i really think you're downplaying the whole situation a bit if you remember ultron had the mental capacity of whatever was picked up from where they were at involving that the mind stone and the Mind Stone wasn't any longer in Ultron's control. So when you factor in that uh, Vision was created, but Ultron wanted to be Vision, yes, Ultron's going to lose to the final form. I, I, I saw that. How, in terms of how easily he was disconnected from the net and everything, that needed to happen. Because if not, I mean, he could have just escaped again. So disconnecting him from the net had to happen. I just think... Uh, I agree with you in the terms I feel like they did go about it a bit wrong and they didn't give him enough of his due. But at the very end, I saw it as a very fitting end. However, leading up to it, they could have done a bit of a better job. Yeah, it just it, it felt like for him to be such a bad character, they'll be able to be defeated in like those couple seconds. It was like, oh wow. That was kinda <laughs> quick for him to be defeated now, huh? I kinda wish he lasted us a little bit longer. That's a wee bit longer yeah. in the fight. But you know, it's 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 probably he lasted a little less than the Chitari did, which is unfortunate because that Chitari <laughs> battle was quite a yeah. long battle, and then this one was kind of quick yeah. when it came down to it. Um, the next part I had was um, Tony Stark returned to Avengers. Um, they didn't really actually mention what happened after Iron Man three, which kind of brought my attention to it. I was like, oh, so you destroyed all your Iron Man suits, you gave up your um. You're shopped on your chest. Oh, he didn't destroy all of them. 
He uh, he set them all to destroy except like his main one. Because uh, you saw how crazy he was going. But the whole at the end with Pepper Potts and he's like, Oh yes yeah, for you, Pepper and boo, 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 boo. the new I think New Year's Eve or whatever the protocol yeah. was. It's it, okay. it was crazy. Okay. I agree with you in part because if you consider that yes, he blew up all of his suits, how did he have these like army of bots everywhere? Like, why did he have so many, like, soldier bots? Him police... I didn't like the vibe of, like, having Tony Stark policing the world. That kind of freaked me out. Because that's a totalitarian super oppression. What are you going to do when, you know, Tony Stark and all his bots show up? Like, mm-hmm. he, he just takes over. Yeah, it, that it, that is That is way too much power for one man in that sense. However... The thing was with the, the Iron Man three, he created a bot for everything. Like he had a different kind of bot for a different kind of thing. Like it was different flavors of Fanta. It was out of control. That's why he had to blow them all up. But uh, I, I, he it went a little too crazy with his governance in terms of him having all these bots. All right, guys, back it all up. Like I was that that to me, where I saw the need for it. And I have seen it also in the comics. It just kind of speaks to the inner rebel in me that's like, nah, man, we don't need all those Iron Mans. You're not the ruler of the world. That's very, very, very true. Um, it, the, yeah, it definitely took me out the movie when I saw him on the screen. And I was like, oh, not going to explain what happened after Iron Man 3? No? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, he's just going to go to Africa, destroy a bunch of things, and you know, no one's going to come after him. They blame the Hulk. But then, like Tony, Tony Stark, you know, nothing like above reproach. He threw money Maybe. at it, probably. Just threw money. He's huh? like, ah, make it rain. They're not gonna come after me. Let me give. Let me yeah. give you a hospital or, or two. Let me give him a bunch of hush money. Yes, basically. Um, which kind of goes into everything else. So, I'm um, the vision is probably my next one. Um, the, you didn't like the vision. No, no, actually, no, no. Visions from Thor. That's that's the segue. Sorry, oh. it's a bad segue, but um, we're still gonna have that segue anyway. Um, Thor and his <laughs> visions in the pool. Um, that was poorly done. Um, it really was a big yeah. plot device. It was one of the things where it felt like they forced the reason why they had to get the the gems out there. And it's like, oh, you didn't know about it before? Oh, let me hop in this pool real quick. Let's go flash, flash, flash. Couple seconds. Oh, we need all these gems, and someone's been. Being a puppeteer in the background, and and now Thor, you know everything. So go and tell everyone else. So I was like, oh, that's kind of plot the voice like. It, it just it just really didn't work out for me too well. Well, well, I think they just showed it wrong. I like they they showed the beginnings, and then all of a sudden you just see him show up, bring Vision to life. He didn't really say anything, and it was kind of it, that's why to me it felt incomplete. I think they approached it wrong. If that makes sense, like. uh they like I said, they, they he gets in the pool, he sees some things. He was warned before entering the pool, hey, be careful, like you don't know what's gonna happen in there. And then it's like, all right, so it's dangerous. He starts seeing and experiencing all types of crazy visions, crazy visions and hallucinations, and he sees the future of what what could be and what's going on. And before you find anything else out, lo and behold, he they don't go back to it like they could have done that a little bit better. I, I think that was a bit that was a bit pushed. But if anyone did know about the, the stones, it was him. If you consider that 
the the mind stone was there the tesseract was another stone the third stone that they handed over to the collector and the fourth stone that showed up in the collector with guardians of the galaxy mm -hmm. so if you consider thor would be the person to know about that stuff but he did a terrible job explaining it and the vision that he saw was a terrible way of explaining it yeah it really personally. was um that's what it, yeah it should have been handled better it should have been like Oh yeah, I've, I've been hearing stuff stuff around the the world, and it's been kind of kind of sketchy on it. But it's all. Let me just skip it to you in this flashbacks a couple of seconds. It was crazy, um, which leads to my last dislike of this whole movie. Quicksilver was a wasted character. I know everybody's gonna hate me for saying this, but he was wasted from point A to point B. Um, yeah, he, he didn't do. Uh, I I actually agree with you a hundred percent. He didn't. He didn't really do too much in the movie. He did a few things here and there. He was super fast. Um, but his metabolism did go down quite easily, which I was like, oh, okay, you're you're not gonna keep it up for a little bit. I was like, oh, he kind of struggled when he helped out um Captain America at first, and he kind of like was like, oh, I need to breathe for like a second or two. What? And then he struggled again. Not too long after that, I was like, "Oh, what's happened? Dude? Like, you <laughs> well, really have asthma? Or something that's really good." Play well, it. if you consider, if you consider one very important thing, every other time he's used his abilities, it's been in spurts. It wasn't fighting off an army horde. He was he wasn't trained for a marathon. He was trained for sprints. He did quick little missions, quick little attacks. Hence the name. He never fought consistently for a long time. And his his being a novice as a hero showed then, which was okay because, you know, ultimately you think, all right, yeah, he, he just got his abilities through being a lab rat mm -hmm. and he'd done a bunch of things, but he never, like, think about it. He's used to quick fights as opposed to a long haul. It, that to me wasn't where they necessarily went wrong because seeing him winded was cool because it was like, all right, this guy's not as badass as he thought because look at Captain America. He, he's whipping ass the whole time. Because why? Because he's Captain America. But here's Quicksilver. He's this punk kid who thought he was hot stuff. Suddenly he's not that hot and he's realizing what it takes to be what he needs to be. So that part, I didn't have much of a problem with. Everything else about him, they failed. They failed epically. <laughs> and um, one part I didn't like was, um, spoiler alert again, he dies quite <laughs> stupidly. Very, I, I didn't like his death at all. It just, it just proved how stupid his character was. And it's like, all right, even if you are a novice, I myself know, okay, someone's shooting bullets at Hawkeye. He saves Hawkeye, by, by the way. Someone's shooting bullets at Hawkeye. What do you do? Do you grab him and move him away? Or are you just trying to put a car in front of him? Pop quiz. <laughs> I would move him out the way really, really quick. And not just put a car there. Because, you know. And just stand there in the way of the bullets? Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> that like, was That stupid. whole common sense thing. That's yeah. dangerous. That's a dangerous tool. It really, well, really is dangerous tool. And, um. So let, let's, let's backtrack a bit. So mm -hmm. What else? What else is there before we backtrack? I apologize. Um, the last one I have here, I, I did say last one before, but the last one here, it just took, the whole movie took too long. They probably could have cut out maybe 15, 20 minutes out of this movie, even more so, because I remember they mentioned they cut out 68 minutes of the initial runtime, which I was like, wow, they had so much 
kind of stuff on this one movie. So they could content. They could have really cut out even twenty more minutes. Um, it definitely could have <laughs> been cut out. So, when yeah, like when Quicksilver's explaining how he stared at this one round that was supposed to go off. That's it. Yeah, and that's why he was so butt hurt and going after Tony Stark. And then in in a split second, Tony was able to say, "I never sold that to them." You know, people can pick up weapons any other which way and use them. It doesn't mean I gave it to them. And they never thought to think that, and they never even considered that. I was like, man, these are just a butt hurt war torn kids. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a reason to like avenge their parents and be angry. It's 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 not to downplay the situation in terms of how they lost their lives and how they stared at this thing that they thought was going to kill them, and that's what made them hate him. But come on, you, you grow up, you evolve, you make yourself so much better, and you're still gonna be a petty angry kid at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Very, very crazy. That it's ah, come on. And then even James Spader is like, ah, oh, all right, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll try and yeah, okay, yeah. So you're angry and you're on my side. Cool, great, mutual enemy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what were your dislikes about this movie? My dislikes was a the the Maximoff kids didn't belong to Magneto. The fact that they made them Eastern European war torn kids didn't necessarily surprise me although their origin could have been done better. And like I said, explaining in such angry, jilted kid fashion why I felt like I wasn't watching adults talking. I felt like I was watching watching some spiteful little teenage kid. (laughs) And that was just stupid to me. Um, I didn't like how they did the Maximovs at all. Um, They went a little too over the top in terms of all the CG. The, the CGI, they relied really heavily upon it. Like, one key scene is towards the end of the film when they're, defi- they're defending that giant object in the middle and they can't let any of the bots get to it. It just... Black Widow never reloads and Hawkeye can shoot arrows, pulling them from his back faster than anything. And his, their timings were just so... It was just so much for too long to think that remotely plausible it's there were just some things that they should have pulled back on and they relied so heavily trying to make it look so impressive with the cgi that they actually kind of they kind of ruined it a bit yeah uh, i agree with every single point you made there um i should have put that on my list but i didn't but i'm glad you did (laughs) that's very very awesome (laughs) very awesome all right um so out of 10 how would you score this movie well, first, are we going to rate it as a movie or are we going to rate, rate it or, and then rate it compared to the first? Or are we just or is it just going to be one general rating? No, I'm um, one general rating for this movie itself. For this movie itself, I give it a 7.8. Maybe, okay. Yeah, 7.8. All right. Awesome. Um, I will score this movie a 8 out of 10. Um, that's more generous with it. Uh, on my website, it has 8.1. I just dropped it down a 0.1 just because of a few other things I had to think about. But um, I think can I convince you well. to drop it two points? <laughs> can I convince you to drop it two points? No, your average. I, it's, let's be real. The dialogue was a little lacking. Of course, the it, was. Di- it, it was a little lacking. The story got a little spread too thin. They tried to give all of the heroes too much shine all at once, and it was. It, it didn't 
transition well one into the other. Like it just didn't flow well. Like uh, Thor, personally, in this film, with Thor and Captain America took huge backseats in this one. Yes, yeah, um, it's understandable they took backseats because they have um their own movies. They had more movies than anyone else. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. Iron Man had well, more movies, but um, yes, they will is. have more movies very, very soon. Oh so. yeah, Captain America's movie is is the one that should be leading into the Civil War, correct? Um, Civil War is the next Captain America movie. Well, there you have it. So it's it should and be good. I didn't this one, this one planted a great seed about the the the. Uh, another level of the, um, I guess, I guess the the word is the differences between Tony and and uh, Steve Rogers and what makes them who they are and the core of their beliefs. Because the first film, you you see it all over the place. You know, conservative kid from Brooklyn who does the right thing no matter what, and the billionaire playboy philanthropist genius in. I hope that Captain America will do as well, but I still think you should drop it a few points. I don't think it was as great as it A could have been or better than the first one. Oh, well, yeah. Well, both of our scores will make it a 7.9 on average, which is uh, is (laughs) right about the... Good, good work right there. I can concede right to 7.9. <laughs> well, um, that's the end of our show today. Um, you can find us on social media um, on our website, bringonourviews.com, for our movie reviews, trailers, and our podcast that's right here on now, and many other stuff. Um, don't forget to email us at bringonourviews at gmail.com. Um, if you want to do some kind of reviews for us, that'd be awesome. Um, you can definitely email us there, and we'll definitely talk to you about it. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube at Bring On Reviews, and on Twitter at Bring On Reviews. Um, you can use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for um, any questions you might have. Um, one question I have for this week, actually two questions. Um, do you think this Avengers movie lived up to its predecessor? Ah, up to the first one, sorry. Kind of got tongue-tied <laughs> right there. But um, And who is your favorite Avenger? Um, for me, it was Hawkeye. Crazy enough, I did love him very, very much. Um, I like nah, that's not that crazy. That's not that crazy. Hey, it's very, very good. Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's awesome. That's not that crazy. <laughs> Clint Barnes is amazing. Personally, it's Captain America for me, but I'm ex military, and his recent comic books really have resonated with me as a person. And I just love Captain America for, you know, being Captain America. That's very, very great. Um, I'd like to thank my co host today, um, Mas. Uh, where can they find you? Guys, you can find me at Twitter at, at GoliathNYC, and you can find me at Instagram on Instagram at Defiant underscore Moss. And guys, I do have one question for you, and D, I have this question for you as well. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the Marvel films that we've seen, which has had your most favorite or most memorable Stanley appearance? Okay, cool. But um, I would answer this as the actually Age of Ultron. Um, that was a great um, appearance by him. Um, I have two. I have two. Which and one? So the, the two that stuck out to me the most was in Eric Banner's version of the Hulk when he's sitting next to the guy who used to play the original Incredible Hulk in the TV show. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. And their security guards sitting next to each other. And also in the the amazing Spider-Man 
the, the Spider-Man movie reboot, the first one, when he's fighting the lizard in the library mm-hmm. and Stanley's putting the books, listening to opera music, and they're fighting in the background, I could not stop laughing for that. It was very, very amazing. Um, both both um, movies were very, very good. All right. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Dwight Ant C. That's D W I G H T A N T C. Again, D W I G H T A N T C. And um, we'll catch you, reviewers, next time. Take care, guys. <laughs>